Hello everyone and welcome to the last episode of this third season of the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Mangual, Dairy Extension Educator in West Michigan. Before we begin, I would like to thank all of those that contributed to this season and all of those that have tuned in each week. We appreciate your support deeply. Remember that all episodes will still be available, so feel free to share with others or revisit some of the topics that we hope can have a positive impact on your farms. Today's episode features Senior Extension Educator Stan Moore and Scott Ferry from Ferry Farms LLC. Their topic focuses on adding enterprising as part of the financial analysis and planning of your operation. Let's get started. Talking with Scott Ferry of Ferry Farm LLC today about how he uses enterprise analysis on his farm to make decisions uh, for the future. Welcome, Scott. Well, great to hear from you, Stan. Glad to be here. I should say I'm currently in my tractor cutting hay get this hay, the second cutting hay crop in. So I'm in the tractor. If you have any background noise, uh, that's what's going on. And we got a really early start on the day, um, trying to make it to my son's last baseball game here tonight. That's awesome. Well, I'm anticipating that we'll have lots of viewers listening to this from their tractors. And that kind of sets the stage really well. Um, so tell us a little bit about your farming operation, Scott. We're farming about 2,000 acres. We have a couple of different enterprises of the operation. We've got our dairy side, there's about 600 milking and dry cows. And then we have all of the young stock that we're raising, probably about 550 of those. And then we've got our beef side of the operation that we've uh, started a little bit more focused on, about 300 members of the beef herd. Uh, we're raising those as well. And then we've started uh, another uh, retail wholesale side of our operation as well. Kind of a lot of moving parts going on right now as far as crops, corn and soybeans, alfalfa and wheat, and of course a lot of cover crops that we plant too. So, You sell some of your crops then? Yeah, we do. About a third of our, our land is cash crop and we take it down to the local elevator or some of the elevators near us. Okay. And tell us about that beef operation. Is that a feeder operation? Are you finishing them out? Uh, is it cow-calf? Yeah, we are. We are finishing them out. We do have them uh, kind of separated on two different sites where they're born on our main farm. Okay. And then they're kind of growing up through the age groups. All Holstein. No, we do have the Angus as well. Okay. Uh, or Angus Cross. But there's a lot of synergy between, you know, the, the dairy side and, and the beef side and utilizing uh, some of the systems that we have. So that's mm -hmm. really helpful. Yeah, so you're, I mean, you've got uh, four enterprises at least that you've talked to me about already, your dairy side and then your young stock and your beef and your retail wholesale uh, business. You know, we would call those enterprises when we're doing our analysis uh, with farms and your farm. When did you start looking at, you know, decision-making through enterprise analysis? When Allie and I came back to the farm in 2008, my dad, before he had passed away and my mom were working with Roger Betts and we just kind of continued right on along doing that and every year we spent that time and as we've grown we've had to take a deeper dive on some of those things and then in 2019 is when we launched the retail side of the business 
And then as that grew, uh, we transitioned and launched our wholesale side of the business. So that has grown you know, significantly through you know, the pandemic. 2021 now, we're still growing. And Roger's been a key player in that, I know, and sitting down and working through those numbers and have, them be, uh, have it to be a high-quality analysis when you're all done. I guess maybe one of the, the key takeaways to it is you have to make a commitment working in your business every day, or do you ever spend time to work on your business? It's tough to take time away to work on your business because you're so riddled with, okay, I got to do the hay today. Oh, it's going to rain. I got I to gotta get it in. So you, we don't have... The weather plays a big factor on sucking up our time, but there's certain times of the year you just have to, it's got to be on the calendar. You've got to commit to working on your business. And if you don't, it gets out of control really fast. So you've got to be disciplined. I, I guess one of the, one of the old tricks that I do is I'm constantly recording things, whether it's in my calendar or I have little notes in my phone that I'm constantly taking out in the field or whatever the case is, because I those are things I got to refer back to when we spend time working on the business. It's just kind of collecting the data and then I'll decipher it later. <laughs> Who does that on your farm, putting the information into PC Mars or whatever software a farm would choose to use? Allie's doing the lion's share of it. I'll bring in that data to her. And then, you know, her degree was in accounting. So she just loves digging into that kind of stuff too. So she really... She does the lion's share of it. She does just a phenomenal job of trying to keep track of all the things that are happening. So when it comes to enterprising, that I know is a critical function. You know, oftentimes it's, you know, husband or wife doing uh, bookkeeping um, and the communication that needs to happen between the two of you and the frustration that when it's not working well uh, to say, you know, where does that information need to end up? up at what enterprise should this be accounted to or, or, or uh, directed to uh, within the bookkeeping system that that kind of communication has got to be is really important and so I, I appreciate the value of you writing those notes down you know on the spot so that uh, that can be done in a better way yeah you know there's times you just decisions have to be made sometimes she'll print off reports and she'll meet me out in the tractor and sit with me for a couple rounds you know in the case, I was just side dressing corn last week, and she had a couple of reports we need to go through together, and, and that way we can answer questions about what we need to do and keep moving on. But we try to share the burden of those decisions together, and, you know, work through that. Sometimes there's just not time to actually be physically together, so <laughs> she'll just drop it on the seat, and I'll get get back to it, and I'll give her a call, and we'll talk through it. So yeah, I'm sure that's what every other, that's what everybody else does probably too. That that's uh you know I think that's a great strategy where you're actually she's coming out and spending some time with you uh, in the tractor or in the in the barn wherever you're at to kind of experience what you're you know what you mean by the various notes that you might put down for her and then vice versa you being able to sit down at the computer and see you know why she needs the information she needs so it's not so much you guys just putting the information into a black box and you know hoping it comes out right on the other side so. I commend you right. for that. That's a that's a great, great model of good communication between the two of you. What's the most helpful, interesting things that you've that you've learned through this process? You know, what kind of information are you getting out of it that you go, wow, that was 
that's important information to know when you're doing any pricing. What would what would stand out to to maybe you, and what would she say? Well, I think she would say, "We'll just take a look at the cropping side of the business." Well, it's unique that our crops are being fed to animals, and then they're also being you know some of them are being sold as cash. So when you enterprise it, or if you're a crop farmer specifically that don't have animals to feed, then you're not, there's some crops that we're growing that you're not going to grow. But for us as farmers that are raising livestock as well, I found in that enterprise that for us, our most profitable crop, that's said with an asterisk, <laughs> most profitable or sometimes crop with the least loss, <laughs> maybe a different way to say that some years, is our alfalfa. And so when making decisions, I guess, on, on what to plant, what type of seed to plant, you know, that investment makes sense. Maybe it, maybe you have a neighbor that has some ground for rent that they want you to rent their land. Uh, you can decide what, you know, what crop to put on it, maybe based on what you feel the value of that crop is going to be. We have a little more flexibility with that as livestock farmers, too. And I think one of the important concepts, then, as you look at that, you know, alfalfa is a profitable crop. And, you know, are we charging the dairy and the young stock and the beef operation uh, a reasonable uh, amount for that for that crop? And so that we really Correct. start to understand, does that is that dairy making business or, um, or making money or is that uh, dairy just making money because I'm not charging them anything for the hay? <laughs> they're eating you know being able to fine-tune that and know that hey alfalfa is profitable for me now now dairy what are you doing for me with this this high value crop that i'm giving you so would you would that be the same answer for you scott or what else have you uh, really gained from this this process of doing enterprising well it surely it makes you more in tune with your business as a whole you know you have to start breaking down your time spent well that's pretty tough how much time do I spend on cows? How much time do I spend on crops? How much time do I spend on, you know, sales of our consumables now? And that conversion that we've now made from commodities to consumables, there's a lot in the development of that side of the business too, and regulations, USDA inspections and labels um, that you have to have done right. So start breaking down, splitting your time up now, how many hours? you spend with the couch depends on if it rained today <laughs> right it right. depends on if it's snowing or in the winter time or you know if i'm not out in the field doing crop work so you have to strategically think about that so you can put a real number to how much your labor is being accounted for in each of those commodities that you're involved in that owner labor as you know is is rarely accounted for the way that you're talking about and but it's not minimum wage labor. Um, it's not even your best worker labor. Your your time is extremely valuable as leader of that operation. And you know how am I? Where am I getting the best uh, bang for the time that I'm putting into this? I think is a is a really important uh, take home message for people that are looking at enterprise analysis is really fine tuning and saying, okay, where where should I be spending my time? Uh, on this dairy um, and obviously the longer you the more history you have and I think that's the great thing with your farm is you've done this for a lot of years now you can look back and you can understand the difference between a good year and a bad year on the dairy and have a long-term look at 
where should I be investing myself uh, in this business? Yeah. How about just sharing one example of, you know, how you've used enterprising in your decision making? Well, I, I alluded to the alfalfa example. Genetics in alfalfa have improved over the last several years significantly. And when, I, when I'm, you know, discovering a trend in my alfalfa profitability on the farm, it allows us to maybe invest into a little higher quality seed. And that, uh, what I have done is I've invested into a low lignin alfalfa. Well, it's pretty expensive stuff. Roundup ready, spray the weeds out of it. But what it's allowing me to do, so I top of mind right now because I'm cutting it <laughs> as mm -hmm. we speak. Yeah. But I'm cutting, this is day 35 for my last cutting. And most people have been conditioned that, in the last you know, several decades, it's cut every 28 days to optimize your quality. Staring at a field, thankful, it looks gorgeous. We have more tons out here. It's possible I have more tons out here than I had at first cutting. And just as a reflection, if everybody remembers, in this area, we had several frost events that took place and really knocked the knees out of our first cutting growth and lack of rain and moisture. It, we kind of struggled. Second cutting here, is as good or better than what my first cutting is, but it's this low lignancy that I purchased, you know, $550 a bag or something right around there is actually paying off. I've got a lot of tons out here and you go out and scout it and I've got a lot of really nice buds. I've got probably the same quality of hay out here as I would have had if I had cut it at 28 days on a different variety but more tons. So this will get calculated in this, this winter's enterprise analysis of going, okay, well, you have this many tons on each cutting. What was your quality like? How much milk did you make and convert out of those tons? I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah. So when I said uh, four enterprises yeah. earlier, I was way off, Scott. You have a lot more enterprises than that because you're doing this for not just the alfalfa crop, but um, different genetics within the alfalfa crop. Sure. I, that's come over time. We, we slowly converted our alfalfa varieties into this variety. So I've got to see what other varieties are doing in comparison. Excellent. And so for our listeners, um, Scott's about four hours south of me. So our, our uh, dairy producers up here are cutting their first cutting of hay. <laughs> Uh, as compared to his second. And I remember, Scott, pictures from your first cutting of hay with snow on it, uh, the little video clip that you did, and that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, for, for the video, not so much for the crop. Oh, I think Mr. Glenn Preston must have shared that with you. Yeah, he might have. He might have. <laughs> yes, we had that. We had that snow, and I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was this white fungus that was growing some new variety of something that was out in our fields called it the fungus among us yeah there you go <laughs> so as we wrap this up scott how important has this been to your farm and what would you say to a farm that says boy that sounds like a lot of work is the extra effort of time worth this getting this enterprise analysis done uh to get a better picture of your business it's 100 percent. we're living in a razor thin margin or no margin at all in these businesses so this is what production agriculture is like. You have to be sharp and you have to sharpen your sword 
And if you don't work on your business and only work in it, you you aren't going to be or set yourself up to maybe be as successful as what you could be. And I know it's still a fairly young producer, but I am aging now. I have gray hair that's coming in. <laughs> I, I have to set ourselves up for the next generation or just continuously working through the, the risks that, that seem to be more volatile than what, what they've been in previous decades or generations. So uh, I think working on it is, is critical. And, and I appreciate uh, that comment about working on it versus working in it. I, another, another way I would express that is leadership versus management. And I would commend you, Scott, for being a leader in your business, uh, for stepping back and looking at the long haul and saying, um, where's this business headed? Uh, where can we make improvements uh, and actually setting aside some time to do that, to be the leader that you are. So uh, congratulations on being what I would call one of our great leaders in the dairy industry and, and appreciate you being uh, willing to be on the, the podcast with me this morning. Well, I'll defer and tip my hat to you and Roger Betts, Bill Durst, all, all the folks within the extension program that have continued to mold and grow us as producers. I think that a lot of the meetings and things that you guys have hosted have been critical to development. Uh, my circumstance of not having my father around, I, I had to reach out to your resources and lean into you guys a little bit more, maybe than maybe others. I've just found a ton of value in what you guys have done to help educate me. So I tip my hat to you all what you've done to continue doing what you're doing so thank you for helping along the way we certainly enjoy doing that that's that's, uh, that's what we do we want to work with producers and and we certainly gain a lot from working with you guys as well so thanks again for joining me and thanks again scott glad to be here thanks Stan. thank you scott and stan for the information today as i mentioned this is the last episode of the third season but we will be back with a new season on the fall, so stay tuned for more information as we continue to add great guests to this program. Again, we will love to hear back from you, and you can reach us at C-A-R-R-A-S-Q-1 at msu.edu. And let us know if this program has helped you learn or improve something on your operation. You can also suggest topics you would like to see included in the program in the future. Thanks for tuning in this season and stay with us as we will be back with more program in the fall. I hope you'll join us then.